Hey, what headphones do you use? The ones that came in the box? Studio Sweden can do better than that. They're a headphone company that wants to make headphones more of an accessory than a tech device. You can get your own pair of any Studio Sweden headphones by using discount code STATUS, which gives you 15% off any purchase. Go to studiosweden.com and enter the code STATUS at checkout. Welcome to the Podglomerate. That's okay. okay. It's just, it's on in the background, just in case we get started. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, wow. So how is, you're living in New York now? No, I'm in, uh, near D.C. Oh, the promised land. <laughs> I call it that because I just love that place. <laughs> I love it. Yes. I do want to live there for a couple of years if this whole DACA thing goes over. Yeah. This is Status, the podcast about how immigration impacts people. My name is Matt Horton, and I want to welcome you to the second episode of Season 2. It's so good to be back. I've been working on these episodes for a while now, and now I'm finally putting them out in the world. If you haven't heard last week's episode, or the DACA explainer I did before the season started, and you aren't sure exactly what DACA is or what it did, I'm going to explain a little bit here. However, if you want a deeper dive, you should go back and listen to either of those episodes and then come back here. part of season two is going to be a look at DACA, the Deferred Action for Childhood Arrivals, which is largely known for allowing undocumented people who entered or remained in the United States illegally as children to work and live without the fear of deportation. You might remember a couple of months ago when the president rescinded DACA. Technically, there's a six-month window for Congress to create something that replaces DACA, but the last DACA application was accepted on September 5th, 2017 and the last renewal applications had to be in before October 5th. More recently, there was a story about a mysterious postal delay that kept 4,000 recipients from getting their renewal paperwork in on time, despite sending it in with plenty of time left. The moment that the DACA news came out, I had people texting and asking if I was going to do an episode of Status about it. At first, I was hesitant. I never wanted this show to be about Trump. And at the time, that was the only angle that I could view the story from. But I started to hear stories of people this was affecting and realized there were greater stories to tell that didn't involve number 45. And this is the second of those stories. It's the story of Yah. Yah isn't her real name, but she asked that I use the name Yah to feel more comfortable sharing her story. Yah and I met in college as part of a mock legislature competition in Oklahoma. We were good friends, but we also competed against each other for years. I actually didn't know that Yaw was a DACA recipient until she emailed me saying that she'd been under DACA for the last six years. In fact, I realized I'd never really known anything about her immigration journey. My parents came on an L visa, which is a business visa. So we were well-to-do, we're middle class, like we weren't struggling. But when my older sister 
didn't qualify. She turned 18 and like fell off the, um, she aged out. And um, my parents, that was a harsh reality for her. So she had to go back to Ghana and become an international student after living in this country for about five, six years. And I remember my mom crying about that because she didn't anticipate that happening at all. So as going on DACA was to protect us from what my sister went through, which was rolling into being an F1 student. And sometimes there's perks of being an F1 student because you can roll into the H-1B visa from a job. But then after your OTP expires and your job decides not to file for you, you're still going back. Yeah, it can be just a delay if you don't win the lottery or somebody doesn't want to file. Exactly. Right. And that's one thing that people don't understand. They think that jobs just file and then someone is going to be up in the office with a stamp saying, yes, you're approved. No. And so immigration is like, I call it an octopus. It's so many tentacles all over the place and people don't understand. And sometimes I don't understand. Sometimes I'm just reading USCIS because I just want to know what this is or what that is just to make sure that I'm always abreast of what's new. So Yaw and her twin didn't start out undocumented. They were covered by their parents' L visas as dependents. But instead of moving into the F-1 student visa, which wouldn't have let them work and would have left their immigration status after school to chance, they rolled into DACA. DACA let them work, and at the time it seemed to be a much more secure option than the F-1 to H-1B pipeline. Their current situation is just the nature of a messy immigration system. And look, this isn't an uncommon story. If you've listened to this show for any amount of time, you know that immigration is overly complicated. And you also know the pressure people feel to take the easy way. Like, I, I get that conversation at least two, three times a week from my mom, my dad, and my, my like close relatives, my aunts and uncles. They'll be like, you need to like be out there looking for a husband. And I'm just like, I need to be out there being a rich bitch. Like, I'm trying <laughs> to be a rich bitch. I don't give a shit about a husband. I mean, yeah, I would like to get married, but like... <sighs> Like, so I have so much plans for myself. I'm not trying to be, you know what I mean, domesticated. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about my hustle. Because <laughs> I'm actually launching my business in two weeks. But it's more towards my culture, you know, uh, since I'm Ghanaian, my business is called the wax print because a lot of the material that Ghanaians make their dresses from, the more commercial dresses are from African print or wax print. And so, um, so I'm super generic in the name, but um, (laughs) I just wanted to like, so we have like a bunch of skirts, like maxi skirts and men linen shirts and like a bunch of things that people can wear and not feel like they're not feel like it's cultural appropriation as compared to like you're appreciating the culture because you're educated on it. And we're gonna have like postcards and like like questions and answers on my culture so people don't feel like they're stepping on toes and stuff like that. So it's like a nice little social experiment kind of thing. Yas business isn't the first in her family. Yaw's mom is an entrepreneur, and it was her mom's business that got her the L-1 visa that brought Yaw and her family to the U.S. Growing up in Ghana, Yaw says that everything was taken care of, and she and her siblings were used to their parents traveling all over the world to support them. In Ghana, everything was done for them. 
They didn't have to lift a finger. Y'all would tell me after the interview that moving to Tulsa took away her and her siblings' bubble of being sheltered and having everything done for them. She partially credits the move for her own work ethic. We'd been coming like on a visitor's visa when we were kids. And I do remember like having Christmas and New Year's in New Jersey and we'd travel to South Africa and all that kind of stuff. Um, we moved to the United States permanently in 2006. Um, and I haven't been back to Ghana since then. Um, my mom was L1 since it was her business that moved us here. My dad was L2 because he's her spouse and then we were the dependents. Um, we moved to Oklahoma, though, because my um, sister, my twin sister, is special needs and Jinx had a great special needs program. And so my mom tested it out and liked it and then didn't want the family to be separated. And so she moved us all to Tulsa, Oklahoma. My twin, who's special needs, she's been able to work and volunteer in the community. Like, she is very grateful and thankful to, like, be able to go to her job or see her friends. And you can hear it in her voice and just see it, you know, like that this country has given her an opportunity to be herself and to grow. And, like, people that actually may understand how she thinks or feels. Not everybody understands it, but those that do really appreciate her. I asked Yaw if her sister's options after DACA was rescinded were any different than her own. Obviously, she's not my responsibility. I mean, we're twins. But she's like my parents' responsibility. But because she's been with me for so long, I always assume that guardian role because that's my that's my twin. You know, I'm her keeper. But um, we've talked about that and I asked her because it's one thing to like plan for her, but it's also another thing to see what what she wants, and she doesn't want to go back. <laughs> she let me know. I was just like, oh, well, where do you want to go? And she would love to live in California. Like we have family there, and she would love to be there. Um, and so I'm sure that's opportunity in Ghana. But personally, I want to give her what she wants what she feels led to be at, which is in California or in Tulsa, Oklahoma, you know. What I would love is that I buy a house and I buy a house for her and whoever she ends up marrying down the street and I have dinner with her every day. And I think we'll do it. I think we'll attain that dream. It's not it's not unattainable. But I I just want to make sure that she's taken care of because not many people care much about people with disability. I mean we do have a great disability community here. Um, but at the same time, not everybody's educated on how to deal with them. And then you put it on the scope of immigration. That's a, they're like, they can easily be cut off because, you know, it's, they're, they're like a non-factor to other people. Like people don't care, but people should care because they're all human beings too. And they all have dreams and, you know, and sometimes her dream is like very small. Like she wants to be a tour guide or she would love to work at the zoo or, Right now, she would love to work at Goodwill, you know? And I'm just like, ah, I want, I want to make this happen for you. She wants to be 
Tulsa or she wants to travel to California sometimes. Like she has all these dreams in her head and sometimes when I'm just talking to her, she's telling me these things. I just wish I was that person that could just make it happen for her. And so I feel like this happening could take that away from her and it breaks my heart. Yaa and her twin sister have limited options for remaining in the U.S., but there's one very good option that you haven't heard yet. Before that, though, let's take a break. The Scandinavian minimal... The Scandinavian minimal... Oh, that's hard to say. I had to read this ad a few times to get it right, but Studio Sweden's Vaza Bla earbuds blend studio-quality sound with Scandinavian minimalist design. You can get your own pair of Studio Vasabla or any Studio Sweden headphones by using discount code STATUS, which will give you 15% off any purchase. Go to studiosweden.com and enter the code STATUS at checkout. Since you're having to think about it, um, what, like what, you, you talked earlier about having like, having the attitude of like, we're going to figure this out no matter what happens. But like, what are your potential plans? Before number 45 um, announced plans for um, Rasin and Dhaka, our plan was since we have a sister that is a citizen, um, with the advanced parole, the only way a Dhaka recipient can become a permanent resident with the pipeline to said citizenship is if you have an immediate relative that's a citizen. So she would have to apply for my parents and then for my siblings and I. Because um, that's how apparently you're supposed to go. Um, and she doesn't turn 21. She's 18 right now. So she doesn't turn 21 until 2019, November 2019. So what my plan was was that um, when it's when she turns 21 in um, November 2019, we would have renewed our DACA papers again for another two years, and then like when those papers were ended in 2020, 2021, we apply for permanent residency. With DACA going, this kind of throws a wrench in the plan because our papers expire um, in the first three months of 2019. And so I have heard that if you're like, she can apply before she's 21, but I don't want to put her through that until I understand what exactly it entails. You know what I mean? I'm a very by the books person. And so, yes, someone's telling me, oh, you can do this. Oh, you can do that. I'm like, I probably want to talk to a lawyer first just to make sure that I'm not getting my sister in trouble because that's the last thing I want to do. It breaks my heart that people go through this. When you hear people's immigration stories, how they waited 20 years just to be able to vote. Oh my God. Like, it just breaks my heart because I am very involved in my community. I am involved nationally, but when it comes to going to town hall meetings and campaigning for your mayor, 
I would give anything to be able to vote and like let my opinions be heard and voice my opinions or fight for something. And I do. I even though I can't vote, I I participate fully. But people that have that opportunity don't even understand the privilege that they have, and that's all that people that have DACA want. They want to be included. They want to show that they are part of this community or they're part of this nation. At least give us that service of yes, we're going to find a good pipeline to permanent residency for you guys. You know. Like just something instead of letting these people be afraid of what's going to happen in the next six months. Yah is definitely contributing back to the communities that she's a part of. Being a part of that mock legislature competition we met at, you'll hear it called OIL in a minute or so. That's actually what kicked off this need to give back for Yah. And she's found where she can do that best. I understand that a lot of things are happening on the national scope. But a lot is happening on the community scope. I don't have kids right now, but I know whenever the, that time comes, I will be front and center in like superintendent meetings and all that kind of stuff. Because like there's just so fascinating talking about where your kid is going to grow up and go to school and the city they're going to grow in. And if you're not even contributing or even being aware of what's happening, then then what are you doing? Understand the dynamics of your city and then making the city a better place. That's what my goal is for now. That's what I am heavily involved in because I think that's what my calling is, to be that community person. You know, OIL just trained me to be that kind of person, just the person that cares, the person that wants to serve. It's this attitude that drives Yah's message to other DACA recipients. Her version of service is pointing out that her hustle isn't unique among that community. I'm going to try and fight the best way I can, and the best way I know how to make sure that we get to where we need to be. I'm just one person, but I will do the best I can. So I call friends that are documented and just encourage them and let them know, like, hey, if you're not strong, I'll be strong for you. And I will be your encourager so you can be objective and, like, protect yourself for what's to come, good and bad. Yes, this is happening. Yes, you could be deported to a country that you've never known. But it's not like people that have DACA are stupid. They're educated. They have drive. Like, they're high-caliber people that could be world changers, you know. And if it didn't go the way we planned, which was us still staying here, you could literally change your world, change the environment around you, change your community. And that's where I'm at in my life right now, where I'm accepting that if DACA doesn't come into play or our congressmen fail us, which I'm not, I won't be surprised about, it's not going to change me. It's not going to change the kind of person I am because I know I can change my community for the better wherever I am.
Status is produced by me, Matt Horton. I'm so happy to say that our favorite Ben Mitchell contributed music to this episode. And so did the amazing Breakmaster Cylinder. (laughs) It's still so fun to say that. The Status theme song is Bread and Circuses Are Back by Ben Mitchell. Special thanks for this episode goes out to Anna Fachi. Follow Status on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Status Podcast. And please share Status with your friends and family. Your recommendations are the best way to get the show out to more people. And check out other Podglomerate shows. You can see The Feast, Future Break, Writers Who Don't Write, and others at thepodglomerate.com slash podcasts. I'll talk to you next time. Interview-wise, is there anything that you feel like you haven't gotten to say that you want to say? No, I think I'm pretty much okay. You know, just DACA people need to just keep fighting the fight and stay strong and remember their value. Remember that they're high-caliber people that have done nothing wrong and can do anything they set their minds to. I'll be like Mufasa. Remember who you are. (laughs) You are my son, the one true king. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.